Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. My name is Pastor Matt McClory. I'm so glad you could take the time to listen to this message. Good to see everyone. I'm excited to be here. Did a little bit of travel this week, so I'm glad to be home. Got home yesterday and just flew into the promised land joyful in Jesus' name. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can open your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 3. You could also put a bookmark in Proverbs 18. And if you're really holy and really spiritual, Acts 16. But we may not get to Acts 16 because we've got a lot of wood to chop, so to speak. So Proverbs chapter 3, I should probably open my notes as well, but you can turn there. Proverbs 3, you'll probably remember that from last week, that was a text that we also had last week, Proverbs chapter 3 as well. Here we go. Proverbs 3 verse 1, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success. Everybody say good success. Good success in the sight of God and man. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make, your, he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Or in other words, when you trust in God with your heart, it'll make its way to the outside. It'll make, it'll make its way to the outside of your life. Verse 9, you remember from last week, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the what? First fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Lord, we just thank you this morning, Father, for the power of your word. Lord, we just thank you that it has the ability to change our lives. So Father, this morning as we digest it, as we take it in, as we as we understand it, Father, I just pray you'd speak to us through it. Lord, I just I ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to shape us, to mold us, and to help us, to comfort us. Lord, for, help us to understand how this applies to our lives, and we can live it out in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. We're in a series called Out of Order. Out of Order. And I really feel like God has spoken to me that we need to, as a church and believers at the beginning of this year, we need to set a few things back in the right order, in Jesus' name. Last week, I spoke a message called First Things First. First Things First, I spoke from Exodus 13, where God speaks to Moses and delivers this principle that runs from the front to the back of Scripture, the principle of the first. And he says something so profound, and he says, and it even relates and applies to us today. He says, if you bring it to me, the first, the most important part, the first, if you bring it to me, 
You give it, you bring it back to me, you bring it into my house. That redemptive portion, it is that part that redeems the rest. It's that part that redeems the rest of our lives as well. First things first. And this was the headline for last week. Hopefully someone wrote it down. When God is first in my life, everything else will work out. The order of, the way in which it all plays out. If God is first in my life, it's incredible how everything else in my life will work out. And we talked about finances. We talked about tithing. We talked about the importance of bringing to God what is God's and honoring Him with it, putting Him first. We've got to check the order of things. We've got to make sure our lives aren't out of order, but they're in right working order. Can I get an amen this morning? The title this morning, if you're looking for a title, you can write it down. The title is, What Did You Say? That's the title. What did you say? I remember as a kid, you know, I was fearful of my mom. <laughs> I had healthy fear of my mom, fear of mom. And I had this fear of her, but I remember one time I muttered something under my breath that was probably something I shouldn't, shouldn't have said. Muttered something under my breath because I was mad or I was angry or whatever. And she turned around in this fury like only a mom can. And she said, what did you say? What did you say? Tell me what you said. So that's the title of the message, What Did You Just Say? So if God is first, there's a couple of things that we can tell immediately if God is first in someone's life. There's two immediate indicators where the priorities are at in our life. First is our money. We talked about that last week. If you were to open up the books of your life, someone were to sit down and open up the books of your life and look at it, what would it represent? What would it look like? What would the story be? Would it be God honoring or would it not be? And it's so funny that God has set it up that way. But there's something else that we can look at, which is a telltale sign. Remember as a kid, my dad, so I'm talking about my mom and my dad today, but my dad said something to me. It was so amazing. It stuck with me for, the, it stuck with me for my whole life. He was, a very, he was very careful with the way he would speak to people. And he said this to me one time. He said, Matt, be very careful with what you say to people in life. Be very careful with what you say to people because there's two things you can never take back. One was kind of a joke, but one was serious. He says, you can never take the bullets out of your gun and you can never take the words out of your mouth. You can never take them back. You ever been in that situation where you've said something you really didn't want to say and it goes out and you just wish you could just grab it and pull it back in? Or am I the only one? I know you all have. We all have done it. We've all found ourselves in situations where we say something, where something comes out of our mouth and we just wish we didn't say it. We wish we could just grab it and pull it back in. He said, be careful. You can't take it back. Words can do damage. Anyone believe that this morning? We've all been exposed to it. And sadly, unfortunately, oftentimes we've exposed someone else to it because of what we said. But the order, the priority finds root in the heart of a man. It finds root in the heart. When I make a comment, first things first. Stuff, when I speak, what I say, first things first. It comes up. It's amazing when it comes to the, to the treasure of our lives. The first in the order is the treasure, your grain, your herd, your livestock, your stuff, your increase. 
Matthew 6 and verse 21, Jesus said it clearly, said, Where your treasure is, there your heart be also. So he tells us it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. But there's something that rises up out of our heart issues and finds its way out through our mouth and into the world around us. Turn with me in Proverbs 4, if you go forward one, one chapter. Verse 20 says this, says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Listen to it. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. And it says this, and we've all heard this verse before. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. It flows up. The order that's in my life, what I have in my priority list, whatever I find to be the most important things that are in my heart, it's going to come up and they're going to come out my mouth. What do you speak? What do you say? It's so funny the way God has tethered the things that we treasure and then also gives us the telltale indicator, which is what we say. Words are so important. What did you just say? And ultimately what it is, on, deep on the inside, it's our heart condition, what we believe, what the order is, that ultimately becomes our confession. That ultimately becomes the confession around us. Some people in here today, you need to look at what your confession actually is. And when I say confession, I'm not talking about going to confession. That's not what I mean. I'm saying, what are you actually saying about what you believe? That's your confession. What do I actually believe? Because what I actually believe is going to find its way out through my mouth. And that's my confession. What is my confession? Is my confession in good working order? Is my confession something that lines up with what I believe? And I think as Christians, we can find ourselves in a place where, we, yeah, we, on a Sunday, we're like amening. We're giving, we're amening, we're being generous, we're, we're praying, we're shouting the preacher down. But then on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the confession just doesn't line up. And God's calling us to order it, to put it in order. What is your confession? What did you just say? And I think sometimes the Holy Spirit does it to us, <laughs> or at least it does for me. Find myself saying something, and the Holy Spirit saying, "Man, you should try to take that back. You should try to grab that because that doesn't line up with what you believe. What did you just say?" So, point number one this morning is this: What I confess indicates where my heart is at. What I confess indicates where my heart is at. It's an indicator. Listen to me carefully this morning. My confession broadcasts to the world around me where my heart is really at. My confession, what I believe. What are you confessing over your life? I'm not talking about necessarily the small talk, even though that's part of it, but the big things, the things that matter. When someone, you know, when, when someone gives you a bad report or you're hanging out with some people and all of a sudden someone says something that's negative, what is your confession in that moment? Or maybe you're the one that's being negative Maybe we need to understand that we just can't be those, the type of people that when it comes to our confession, it has to line up with what, what we believe. Because it indicates where our heart is at. You've got a hard heart? You can see it in someone's response. You can see it in their confession. Because it doesn't line up with anything that God's given them. It represents a hard heart. 
Maybe it's an attitude towards money. Maybe it's an attitude towards money coming from a, a place of lack. You ever spent time around someone who's just, they've always got money issues? You ever been there at the table? And I used to be this way with my friends, especially before we were married. You know, a lot of them just never had any money. We'd be sitting whenever the check came. Do you notice the atmosphere change? <laughs> the atmosphere comes, changes, and all of a sudden what, 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 what's on the menu is so expensive and all of a sudden the world around them, the confession is, oh man, it's just so tough right now. Things are tight. You know, can you spare me a couple of bucks? But the confession in our lives, it rises up from our heart position. I would love it if you could write this down this morning. There's one thing I want you to take away. It's this. The theme of my heart will write the story of my life. The theme of my heart. Through the waves of life, through the seasons of life, through the things that happen to me, the theme of my life will ultimately write the story of my life. Because that's what it says in Proverbs chapter 3. It says, if you trust in the Lord... With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. If you trust Him, if you give Him your life, if the order is correct, it says it will refresh your bones. So what we believe on the inside, friend, are you listening to me this morning? This is important. What we believe on the inside will make its way out into our confession. What do you believe on the inside? Because the theme of my heart will determine the story of my life. It will determine what my life looks like. I'll give you an example. If I believe God provides, if I really believe that in my heart, it's representative in my order, guess what's going to happen on the outside? God's going to provide for me because I believe it. I don't see it any other way. This is just the way it is. It's the theme of my heart. It becomes the story of my life. Amen? If God is truly number one, it'll show up in... Things like your finances and your, the way you deal with that area of your life, it'll, deal, it'll, it'll show up in your relationships, the way you deal with that area of your life. It'll show up in, the, in your marriage, the way you deal with that area in your life. And it will ultimately always show up in the way you talk. What's going on in your heart will, will write the story of what your life looks to your friends. What's your confession today? Is your confession something that is rooted in negativity or is your confession something like this it says you know what God is good today God is so good to me he's my provider he's the one who comforts me he is so good today yeah I might be experiencing a little bit of lack yeah things may not look all good on the outside right now but you know what God is good he's my provider he's given me everything I need he's given me Jesus all of a sudden, that confession, can I encourage you, friends? It changes things. All of a sudden, we find ourselves in the midst of a struggle, but my confession says something different to what the struggle is trying to tell me. All of a sudden, my confession is saying, God's in control, and I can move forward with my life. This is good preaching this morning. Surprising myself. Point number two. Let's keep moving. Point number two, my confession exposes my priorities. It exposes the order I've set my life in. Shows the world around me what I actually value. And who and what and exactly is first in my life. First things first. 
It's the order of my confession will expose it. It always does. See, we can find ourselves confessing negativity all day long. We live in a world today where it's just like entitlement mentality. Entitlement mentality, it's like these days, you know, if it's not easy for you, the world will tell you, why do you even do it? If it's not really easy for you, if it's not a thing where it's just like, you know, you can get an app or you can get a link to a website or someone will just send it to you. You know, if it's not really easy for you, then is it worth doing at all? But when we have, prior, when we have God priorities in our life, it doesn't matter whether it's easy or it's hard. It's a God priority. First things first. And our confession reveals it to us. It, our confession exposes what we care about. See, the people that are always talking about surface level things, it's because the priorities in their life are surface level things. I wonder if your confession is out of order today. I wonder if the Holy Spirit right now is saying to you, you know what, when it comes to negativity, sometimes I am like that. It doesn't line up with what I believe. There's no condemnation in this place, but ultimately we're all human. We can always find ourselves sliding into that place where it's like, I do believe this. This is what I believe in my heart. But I find myself on the surface level just getting frustrated or irritated. And all of a sudden my confession begins to slip. All of a sudden my confession isn't what it was on Sunday, isn't what it was on Monday. By the time I, I don't know if you're like this, but for me I get to about Wednesday. Wednesday rolls around, hump day. Hump day comes around and I'm like, man. Sometimes I don't feel Christian. This world has just got me. And all of a sudden it's just like, man, I, just, I need some worship music. I need my, where's my Bible? You know, can church just happen today? Come on. My confession has to line up with what I believe because it exposes my priorities. What's your confession today? So the first point was my confession is the ultimate indicator, the telltale sign of where my heart is at. Because words rise to the surface from my heart. Second point was my confession exposes my priorities. Exposes what I truly believe. And point number three, my confession, friends, my confession has more power than I realize. My confession has way more power than I realize. Do you know that your confession has the power to change the world around you? Did you know that? I wonder if you knew that your confession on a daily basis, it has the, it has the power to change the atmosphere around you, your sphere of influence, whatever that looks like. Your confession on a daily basis, what you declare over your life, whether in the small talk or the big talk, it has the power to change the world around you. Go to Acts 16. Looks like we do have time. Acts 16 My main man, Paul, is in Philippi with Silas. And there's some trouble because they're preaching the good news. So Acts, uh, sorry, Acts 14. No, 16. That's what I said. Acts 16 and verse 22. There was a disturbance in the city and it says this, the crowd joined in attacking them. So the world around them was attacking them. 
closing in. And the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. I don't know about you, but if I was in that situation, I'd be thinking, this is pretty bad. (laughs) And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison. So it's a two-step process. They ordering the jailer to keep them safely, securely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So here they are. They're in the worst situation. I mean, people are beating you to the point where you could die. That's the situation there. There wasn't life or death. It was like, this is death. (laughs) This isn't like, you know, rosy situation at all. But as I was reading this, the very next line just blows me away. You talk about confession. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. That's the power of confession right there. The world's closing in around them. And all of a sudden, they're praying and they're singing hymns to God. And it says the prisoners were listening to them. See, can I I encourage you, friend, when it comes to your confession in life, it has the power to change the world around you. All of a sudden, things aren't looking good. Things aren't maybe don't come the right way to you. But you confess something that just rubs up against that spirit. And all of a sudden, people around you are like, what? You guys just were beaten to a pulp. And all of a sudden, you're singing to God. You're giving praise to God. You're thanking God. What is happening right now? And it's no different for us today. We can find ourselves in a situation, any situation. And our confession can change the atmosphere around us. It can change the atmosphere around us. And all of a sudden, people who have no idea who God is, all of a sudden, are looking at you and saying, man, this guy's messed up. He's got a messed up situation. But this God that he's talking about, this Jesus he keeps praying about, all of a sudden, they're like, man, there's something to this. And we see in in Acts 16 what begins to happen. The earthquake happens. They break out of jail. And the the jailer... (laughs) saved. The jailer, baptized. Can I encourage you, friend? The jailer, generations of his family line. We don't even know who he is. Generations changed because of the gospel. Our confession matters. Your confession, it matters. You're at Flagler College, maybe studying. Can I encourage you in those moments in life where people are doing things or whatever's happening, your confession matters. You're a single mom, you're doing that whole deal. Can I encourage you? Your confession matters to your kids. When it comes to your work life, maybe you head on up to Jacksonville and work in an office every day, your confession, it matters because it has the power to change the world around you. Can I get an amen in the house this morning? What you declare has power. You know, I'm just quoting Scripture like crazy this morning. Let's go back to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, we see the power at work in this proverb. Proverbs 18 talks about the nourishment and the famine that can come from your words, from your confession, the positive and the negative. Proverbs 18 verse 4 says, The words of a man are what? Deep waters. The fountain of wisdom, a bubbling brook. And remember that when what Proverbs does all the time, King Solomon and the other writers of the wisdom literature, 
They would always give you the positive and then they would switch it to the negative. Now for the opposite, verse 6, a fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. Or in other words, our words have the potential for destruction. Verse 20, this is what I want us to zero in on. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The message translation says it like this. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And and I just love that this scripture tells us, it's like you choose. Your confession, you have a choice over your confession. Write this down as well. I may not be able to control the chaos around me, but I can control my confession. I may not be able to control the storm that's swirling around me, but I can control my confession in the middle of it. I can control what I say in the middle of it. Because what I say, what my confession is, has the ability to death life and it has the ability to tear down a life. We can speak life or death, poison or fruit and change the world around us. Come on. You know, when I encourage someone, when I encourage someone, and that's what, what all encouraging is, if I encourage someone, I put courage into them. That's what encouraging is. If I encourage someone, I'm putting courage into them. I'm speaking life into them. I'm speaking fruit into their life. I'm helping them be built up. But you know what? When I encourage someone, you know what I also do? I build myself up as well. When I, when I build someone else up, when I declare God's goodness over them, when I speak to them and I tell them that they're a man of God or a woman of God and God's hand is on their life, At the very same time, I'm declaring power over my own life too. All of a sudden, I'm declaring, I'm aligning my life up with the order that God sets me in. And all of a sudden, it's like I'm speaking to that person, but at the very same time, I'm declaring something over my own life. I'm building myself up because it's what I believe. And my confession lines up with my belief. And when I encourage someone else, I'm speaking what I believe. I'm confessing what I believe over them. It's amazing how God gives us this a double-sided part to even encouragement, building up other people with their God-given talents, calling, ability, purpose. I'm aligning myself up with what I believe in my heart that God can do for that person. But it's all part of my confession and I declare it over myself. I may not be able to control the chaos, but I can control my confession. So what changes? You might be sitting here tonight and be like, yeah, man, this is just name it and claim it. No, it's not. This is the Word of God. This is what we believe. You can change the world around you. In the worst moments, when the diagnosis is bad, when the prognosis is so real it hurts, in the moments when the chaos is all around us, you know, physical stuff, relational stuff, When it all seems like it's closing in on you, your confession can change the world around you. can change the world around you. People begin to hear you say it. People begin to hear the words just rise up out of your heart. It's like, man, I don't know. I don't know what's happening right now. 
I don't know why this stuff is going on right now. I don't know why it all went south on the outside right now, but this is what I know. God is good. God's amazing. He says in Psalm 23 that Mike, he takes me from strength to strength. He's given me Jesus. He says in Psalm 23 that my cup runs over. And all of a sudden, what happens around me changes. People all of a sudden are like, man, this is a man of faith. This is a woman of faith. This confession is changing the, the atmosphere. I've been in situations where people have said, this looks really bad. And it did look really bad. But I said something that was like, you know what? God's in control. God's going to take care of this situation. There might be a short-term thing that happens right now, but God will ultimately win here. And, and His people, His children will be in victory. And all of a sudden, people will rise up. And this situation is going to work out for good. Can I get an amen this morning? Your confession matters. Let's make our confession in order. Let's be the type of church where it's not, it's not name it and claim it. It's just what we believe. We speak it. And we're the type of people when it comes to negativity, nah. My confession is, represents what I believe. Team, you can come and join me. We're going to close in a moment. But I wonder if this speaks to you. I wonder if this speaks to your life. I'll be honest with you, when it comes to me, I've got this Australian sense of humor, I guess. Can occasionally be sarcastic. Can let sarcasm kind of get on the inside. And then that somehow, it's amazing how sarcasm can find its way into negativity. Sarcasm begins to be negative and all of a sudden the negativity becomes detrimental to me. And I find myself in a place where my confession does not line up with what I believe. I wonder if that speaks to you today. Be the type of person that understands God's favor is on your life. And my confession needs to line up with that belief. Would you stand with me? You received that word this morning? I really believe God's speaking to us this morning through His Word. I think about Paul and Silas in that prison. Man, things look bad. And maybe things are bad right now for you. Maybe you're in a literal, sorry, a metaphorical prison. You feel like you're trapped. You feel like you can't get out of a situation. You feel like it's all closing in. Can I encourage you? You can sing. You can pray. You can believe God to do the miraculous for the earthquake to come and level it all. And you walk right out of there into God's goodness for your life. So, hey, we're going to sing. Maybe you're in that place. Just sing praises to God like Paul did. Thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for Jesus. Lord, I just thank You for Your Word this morning. And as we begin to sing, Father, I just pray that You would seal it in our hearts this morning. Father, that our confession, which rises up from that which we believe in our hearts, God, will begin to speak in our lives. We'll begin to have power in our lives. We'll understand in a new way today, Lord, that the power around us coming from our confession is what you intended all along, is to be a witness to people, to see people one to you, Lord, to see you draw closer to people and people draw closer to you. Seal it in our hearts this morning in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing.
Thank you for listening to this message. We pray it bless you greatly. Please visit us at www.colonialchurch.life for more.